0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Bordering Bodies podcast. Each podcast is themed and I interview and ask questions from a specialist who's also the owner of a small business, just like us. If you're a business owner of a micro business, then I hope that this sparks your thinking, answers some questions that you may have, and that you get some tips on the subject that helps you move your business forwards. I do hope that you enjoy the podcast. I very much enjoyed recording it. Hello, and welcome to this week's Bordering Buddies podcast. And this week, I am joined by Joanna Damani of Sparkly Hippo Virtual Solutions, which is a fascinating name, and I'll ask her all about that in a moment. Joanna is an amazing woman, She runs her own business. Uh, She has a background in international banking. Um, She has been a single mum. She has three children of her own and is now a grandma as well and runs a business. Uh, So got a very interesting story there. But in her business, she helps business owners to maximise the apps and the processes that, that they have already in their business to help give them back time. She helps with their bookkeeping, but goes that step beyond that in as much as she also acts as a financial advisor, which is really important if you are a small business. So she helps them to grow and scale up their business. So we're going to ask Joanna now all about her and the name and your life. So welcome, Joanna. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thank you, Jackie. Glad to be
0: here. (laughs) So first of all, tell me about the name.
1: So, it all started, I've always loved hippos, and, and hippos are one of the most misunderstood creatures because of their sheer size. But they're very quick and cunning, and they're also highly matriarchal. And, and having my children and trying to find a, a life-work-life work, balance is one of the reasons I started my business. The sparkly side of it, unfortunately for, my, for me, my first job as a, as a young adult was in a jewelry store. Which made me into a horrendous magpie. I never actually took any of my paycheck home. But it, it's it's been a lifelong joy to to invest in in pretty sparkly things. And I craft a lot and everything I do is oh. say covered in glitter. <laughs> but you can't have enough. <laughs>
0: can never have enough sparkle (laughs) no exactly exactly oh lovely okay so obviously we can tell from your accent that you're not native to the uk (laughs) right that's right well i um i grew up mostly in bermuda um
1: which you know the infamous bermuda triangle my mother is actually from birmingham I spent the first five years of my life up north. So when I moved to Bermuda just before my fifth birthday, I had a quite engaging, shall we say, northerners accent, which took me quite a few years to disappear. Although when I do speak to my my godparents' family, it does tend to spring back a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it has a bit of an American twang because we had a lot of US television, but during my growing up years, I actually spent my summers in Kent with my mother's parents. Mm. So it's it's a bit all over. It's it's hard to place. I just refer to it as a mid-Atlantic accent <laughs> and leave it at that.
0: Brilliant. Yeah. Well, wow, that's lovely. Lovely. So yeah. t- tell us about your your kind of work history then. Or also, I mean, you know, being nosy, I'm interested in the kids and all that kind that's of stuff. That's right.
1: That's right. <laughs> So as, as you mentioned, I have three children that my daughter is 30 and we spent the first 12 years, just her and I, you know, juggling all the things that a single parent has to juggle. She was, we were out the door at 7.30 in the morning, not back yeah. home until five thirty six 6 o'clock at night and, and juggling a profession with that roll on a few years. And then I got married. I had my sons, but it's always about trying to find a work-life balance. My husband and I work different shifts, He, he was he's a counsellor, so he worked kind of long hours. We've always had to find a balance. During this time, I was building my career in the international build, um, banking business
0: nice.
1: um, and working incredibly long hours anywhere, never a 40 hour week, usually 60, 70 hours, sometimes longer. When my youngest came along, who's now 11, I was missing out on so much. By the time he was four, we had moved over to the UK. My older son is actually dyslexic. We had found out a few years earlier and we wanted to provide him to maximise his opportunities by coming here where there's more understanding and support. Yeah, so I was working incredibly long hours and by the time my then five-year-old, he said to me, mummy, you know, can you come to this school event? And I had missed it again because I was commuting between Somerset and Birmingham every other week which in itself was a challenge yes so then I thought "Mm, okay you didn't have children to miss out on their childhood because you can't get it back and with my daughter it was just her and I and I had it was so hands-on so what I decided to do was start looking at things I could do alongside my my banking job so I started to reduce my hours to reduce to a 40-hour week (laughs) Um, it's crazy when I say reduced to 40 hours. Yeah. At the same time, kind of looking around and, and building my business on the side, because I had worked with a lot of small to medium businesses in the banking arena, or they had been our clients, I kind of knew what it was that helped them to grow versus what tripped them up and caused them to fail. And, and yeah. one of those things was time management or resource management, something that I had been, that was my bread and butter. Yeah. I was, all about project management budgets, maximizing the limited resources we were given to to reach something on deadline. And and also the customer service journey was was part of my remit. And Uh we had had offshore teams in India at the time and training them in situ to help them understand that it's not just a script, there are certain intonations or nuances that you have to include in order to get the message across. So I I found that in the first two years working alongside my other job that it was something I could do. You know, as a business owner, it's your baby. Like Mm -hmm. you've started from nothing and you get completely entrenched in doing this, doing this, doing this, doing this and seldom have the time to look up and think, oh, actually, I could use what I've already done, repackage it or, or, or tweak it somewhat to be able to make it into something else. Yes. And that's where the advisory services come in. I was recently speaking with an online coach that's been recording her web her sessions with clients for two years. And then I said, Well, actually, how about you repackaging what two years worth of work on a YouTube channel to increase increase your YouTube presence or your social media presence? And yeah. it never occurred to her. So little things like that, sometimes yeah. a second pair of eyes lends mm-hmm. And then with the with the maximising of resources and trying to get more with what you already have, that's where the automations have come in. The bookkeeping is a long game. You know, you eventually see the benefits of of making small changes. Yeah. But with automations, I can instantly, once they're complete and in situ, I can instant release. Sometimes eight hours a week, sometimes mm-hmm. more. Yeah. Back into a business owner's day or week or month and that just in itself grows because then they have the power to say hang on a second I can take a minute take a breath rethink about what I'm doing or even more importantly go back to networking face-to-face marketing face-to-face conversations that we seldom make the time for because we're so busy trying to keep the business afloat so, so the automations allow a business owner to put themselves back into the equation rather than getting caught up mm. with all the admin and behind the scenes stuff that, in all honesty, doesn't need a human to do. You know, mm. we, can, we can harness the power of the apps that we're using and let them talk to each other. Yeah, like we set them up, they talk to each other yeah. and then we can do what things that only a human can do.
0: Yeah. So d- doesn't that kind of in a way dehumanize the process well that that is a comment I often hear
1: and on the surface of it it's easy to say yes if everything's automated we lose the human experience but in actual fact if you look at someone with a brick and mortar business someone walks in they buy their products they walk out again that's the end of the human connection Mm. if for example you walk in and you, you buy, they buy the product, and they say, would you like me to email you your receipt, right? Yes. yes. So you email them the receipt, and on the bottom of that, it says, we will include you in all future emails about products you may be interested in, but you can unsubscribe at any time, yes. right? So most people don't look at those. I mean, I, there's one shoe store that I go to that does that, and I get all sorts of information. And then the next step, of course, is once they say yes, the next step is, well... You know you bought this product did you know there's also this product and we have a special offer on that product and you may be interested in this so it gives you an opportunity to have a more touch points with your customer and mm-hmm. makes them feel special yes you're only giving them the information that supports or is similar to things that they like already yes but so that it increases the human touch point and then if they do call up and say hey i got an email saying you now have my favorite thing in purple. Can I, you know, does it come in any other colors or or they'll go onto your website and have a look. If they go onto your website, you can also connect your website to your Facebook and the, they look at all the other things on your website. And then next thing you know, you can then change the email to say, hey, we saw you were also looking at not just hippos, but also ostriches. So yeah. we have a special offer on ostriches or an incentive. And then the other really cool thing and we've all bought something from amazon is that you can also say we saw you bought this product would you mind doing us a review so that the next person that buys it has a bit more information about it you know so that's another way to personalize their experience with your business and then of course the biggest thing of course is not only does it encourage footfall you share the information about your products and services But then when you do have the next conversation, say, if you do outward bound like health check sales calls with your with your VIP clients, Mm. you can then see all the things they've been doing. So you can say, hey, how was that hippo that you purchased? Is it eating the grass nicely? Because you have it all there in front of you, but it actually improves the human experience.
0: Ah, okay, All right. So so a lot of this sounds like marketing orientated. It can be, yes. Yeah, so are there other automations that a small business can do that that kind of helps give them time back? Yes, definitely.
1: So depending on what type of business you have, if you have an online business, for example, and all your clients are virtual, you can, up, you can create the whole onboarding experience for them and for you can be automated. So say you're selling a course, for example, and it has downloadable workbooks, Yes, the instant that they decide to make the purchase, they'll get an email saying, thank you for your purchase. Please look out for this next email. It will have your links or you'll receive a workbook that for you to download. And Mm -hmm. then follow in a couple of days. Have you gotten the workbook? I see that you've gotten it, but you haven't downloaded it. So kind of keep them courage. If you have a bricks and mortar business, an alternative would be to automate the like I said, the, the review process and then one of the really good automations for bricks and mortar is automating their point of sale. So it allows you to make better decisions about what products are selling in what quantities to what kind of people. Mm-hmm. And that in itself will help you manage your inventory better.
0: Mm. So, but it isn't just for products, is it? It's
1: No, it's it's products and services. There are, There are very few tasks. If you do it once or twice or on a regular basis, it's pretty much a guarantee that you can automate it. So mm. anything you do, if you, if you copy and paste anything between one app like Excel maybe and your inventory system, that can be automated. Right. If you like to send um, reminders, that can be automated. If you have a loyalty program where the more people buy, like grocery stores do, they get points, they can use yes. those points for other things. That can also be automated. Mm. So, and there's there's lots of behind the scenes. If you're looking at selling a new product or service, all the that can be put out on your social media,
0: mm. and then
1: also the, it'll help you. You can automate the collection of information about who's who's doing it, who isn't, who's interested, who isn't, and that once again helps you to refine the products and services that you're selling.
0: Mm. So, do you help um, business owners to automate their bookkeeping as well?
1: Yes. So, if you have if you have to collect invoices and receipts, or your or your you have payments coming in or going out, we all set up direct debits for the things that we pay personally, but that can also happen in a business setting. Mm. If you're buying and selling products, all those the correlation between the buying and the selling and your incoming and outgoing funds, all that can be automated. If you have a membership um, where people have recurring invoices, that can be automated. And you can also send a thank you email once they've paid, which is a nice little touch.
0: Yeah. Sounds really interesting. Yeah. But but it also sounds, you know, from someone outside who's a bit long in the tooth, like, oh, God, that's really techy and I don't know where to start and I wouldn't know what to
1: do. (laughs) Well, and that's why we would have a conversation so when I, when we, when we would have our discovery call, for example, I wouldn't say to you, do you need your point of sale connected via a zap to do ABC? <laughs> that That's rocks. not what I would ask. I'd say, what is your ideal way of doing things? Mm. Or conversely, what are the things you dread doing every week, month? Or what is this? What are the things that take up most of your time? You know, or even... What do you do with the information you have about your customers or clients? Where do you keep it? What would you what do you find difficult to find? Mm-hmm. You know? Those are just very kind of basic questions that as business owners, we we have such an intricate knowledge of our own business. And and what I can do yes. is listen to what my clients say about what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. And then it's my role to find ways to take away the stuff that doesn't need them that doesn't Mm. need it needs the expertise of how they've done it in the past but it doesn't need them to do it every day or every week because a a silly i mean computer is only as good as the information we put into it likewise Mm. our business if we're keeping everything in our head we're losing an opportunity to to expand on what we're already doing
0: Yeah, yeah yeah so if someone like like me for instance yeah would i have to automate everything or can you just start with little bits
1: you you can start i I generally suggest in the discovery school we kind of highlight the top three things you either want to shift off your to-do list Mm. or take the most time yeah things you least enjoy or the things that take the most time and we come up with a list of two or three things to focus on Mm. and depending on what you have in place already will determine the priority. So ideally you want to use things you're already using and, and maximize what they can do for you. Yeah. Um, get that in place, let it tick over for a little while, depending on your comfort level and then see if there's anything else. And then we have the next three on your list mm-hmm. and, and address mm-hmm. those three things. So it doesn't have to be, you know, throw the baby out with the bathwater, get in all this new systems. And then I walk away. Mm-hmm. Not at all. Because having in worked in, the, in, in a bank, that's the worst way to do things and in the best way to encourage things to fail. Yeah. You know, yeah. so what are your least favorite things? Let's get those automated. I, I offer a long-term support package. So if anything okay. goes wrong, or you know, you're doing something radical and you need hand holding, I'm there for that as well.
0: So so you don't have to use certain software or anything like that. You you just help people use what they got
1: and yep, kind of join yep. up the dots. That's right. So so if we have someone, for example, that has all their inventory on a spreadsheet, right? Good old fashioned, easy to yeah, use, yeah. everybody understands it. We can still automate how they manage their inventory from their spreadsheet. And then they may consider connecting it to however they collect their money, whether it's square or sum up, there's ways to connect that from a spreadsheet, you know? it doesn't have to be a huge outlay of, of cash on buying new apps we can use harness what
0: they have already I see I see so would you create like a schedule with somebody so you, you'd have, yes. have the call with them and they would decide on what they wanted to do and you could just kind of create a long-term plan
1: yes exactly exactly so we'd have as i said the initial discovery call we'd identify the first say three maybe six things they want to try automating
0: i'd
1: Mm -hmm. go back to them with a very detailed proposal and a time frame on how we could phase these things in Mm. and that would be based on their comfort level you know Mm -hmm. some people are more comfortable doing everything at once some people want to try one thing at a time Mm. let it settle and then try the next thing Mm-hmm. And that's entirely based on, on the person's aptitude mm-hmm. and, and preferences
0: mm-hmm. but, but I suppose also it depends on you know as a small business what your what your budget is what as, your, you know how your cash flow is and all that kind that's of that's right
1: that's right the way I often suggest to think about that is if if as a business owner you're you're billing your time out at a moderate 50 based on your experience 50 pounds an hour
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: um which you know is probably underpricing ourselves as business owners right yes so say 50 pounds an hour for ease of of doing the math and you're spending two or three hours on following up with clients or or stock taking once a year that can be a two three day process right
0: Mm -hmm.
1: if things are out of whack and you've taken six hours to figure that out that's 300 pounds you haven't realized of your own time because you don't pay yourself your value as as a business owner and you so you can either you can have a choice you can either have a, a va that'll do it for you at substantially less than 50 pounds an hour yes or you can have a computer that you'd pay for it once but does it every month for you without looking for a paycheck again mm. you know so it actually maximizes your own value within your company by automating tasks that mm. you do anyway
0: yeah yeah and in bordering buddies this is something that i strongly recommend with yeah my clients the members is that you know they outsource yes ever they can yes so that they they are using their time that's right better that's right. more productively
1: and, and that's actually a brilliant thing to touch on so say they're outsourcing to a, a va right? yes and the va currently spends i had one example where a va was spending eight hours a week so mm-hmm. two hours a day downloading things, following up on invoices, making sure invoices were paid, confirming mm-hmm. that the application was as if everything was completed, nothing was missing. And then going out to the client to say, everything's organized, you're ready to start or here's your purchase, whatever the scenario. In this particular case, it was starting a course. She was spending two hours a day playing email games, email mm-hmm. tag. We were able to automate the majority of that. So her work was actually half an hour instead of half an hour a day. So we saved an hour and a half a day. And then with the other hour and a half, she was able to do more effective client contact. So mm. she could then follow up personal calls with the clients that had already onboarded. Yeah. So, you know, her the the business owner was still able to pay the same amount, but got such more beneficial version of her ability you know, by her calling to the clients from the previews and say, hey, so glad you, how's things going? You know, is everything going as you expected? That personal touch exponentially increased the, the testimonials and the positive reviews because all the other stuff she's been spending her time on was done by a computer. She didn't need to do that.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, so outsourcing really is a, a prime opportunity to automate so many mm.
0: tasks, mm. so many tasks yeah yeah and even those tasks that you might actually enjoy doing but Mm -hmm. are not productive you know for instance a you know an accountant who does their own bookkeeping that's right you know as an accountant you earn much more than you would pay a bookkeeping per hour
1: so you have to look at that difference. exactly mm, yeah yeah
0: yeah.
1: I think it's always good I I never recommend people to automate and then walk away completely Mm -hmm. because there's always there's I check in on my clients to make sure that the automations are still doing what they should, that nothing has changed. Yeah. But also too, when you automate one thing, you think of other things. If you think of our experience collectively over the last few years, right? With, with the pandemic and now everything being done by zoom like this, mm. instead of me traveling, you and I probably wouldn't have, ha- wouldn't have met if we had to do face to face. It was only face to face network. No,
0: that is true. Right?
1: And if, me traveling to you that's an hour and a half there an hour and a half back that's three hours of my day that I can use for something more productive yes uh, rather than sitting in a motorway Mm -hmm. and it's it's one of those things like like uh, booking a holiday you know years ago when I was a child we used to my mom used to go to the local travel agent Mm -hmm. every paycheck and give her give the lady some money we went into an account then we'd go back, and it was the exciting day to book the tickets, but it would be a two-hour session sitting in an office yeah. booking tickets, right? Yeah. What yeah, excursions yeah. are we gonna do? Now we sit at home on phones at midnight. Oh, let's go here. This looks mm. very fun, you know? So, mm. so automations have become the way of our world over yes. like the last few years. And now they're at a point they're so cost-effective for business owners to harness that power themselves and then use their human experience mm. and expertise where it's really necessary. We're mm. you, not going to get an automated flight attendant on a plane because we still, that's where the human contact mm. is best put. But we don't need a person to book our tickets for us anymore. Yeah, yeah. You
0: know? I mean,
1: yeah. it's still a joy. I still do like a travel agent personally, but, you know, <laughs> and even in that scenario, a travel agent will give you ideas and destinations and excursions you may not find yourself. Yes, the role I play with business owners, that Um, there may be things that they don't realize they can mm. automate,
0: Mm. you know,
1: and that's why the discovery call is so important.
0: Yeah, I know I was going to ask you, I was going to ask you about the bookkeeping, because I know there's, uh, uh, there's lots of, you know, uh, bookkeepers that you can outsource stuff to or virtual assistants who do bookkeeping and that kind of thing. But from our conversation, I understand that you go a little bit more than that, That you? you're, you, you know, you do a little bit more than yes. just bookkeeping for someone. So tell me about that.
1: Yes. So one of the benefits of having worked in a large company is that you see so many aspects of how businesses run. Mm. And because I was tasked primarily with project management and budgeting and I worked with businesses in the retail sector, it helped me to understand that there's so many, there's usually untapped resources within each small business because as I mentioned earlier, they're so focused on doing it one way. This is the way they started, which is brilliant. And it's gotten them to where they are, but then you hit kind of a a threshold or a ceiling where you can't get any further. So what I found is by doing their bookkeeping and collecting the information on how they sell who they sell to what it is they're selling whether it be a product or service there's often ways that a second set of eyes as it were and based on previous experience can I can make suggestions on where they can better place what they're doing already yes Um, whether it be resource bottlenecks for example so say they make I don't know they make a bag Mm. for the sake of argument and a leather goods they make leather goods and they always buy them from a certain manufacturer but they don't this the way they sell their bags doesn't allow them to have a positive cash flow so by changing the way tweaking what they're doing to improve their cash flow then they can buy more materials in bulk perhaps or 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 have a better better method of payment to their suppliers which gives them an improved resource management and then they can either pass that cost on or increase their profit margins because they've gotten a bonus. Yeah. Sometimes, what, one of the funny things I found in business, this is across all sectors, and it, it, even in families. If you have a new jug of milk, for, and I like really milky tea, is the disclaimer. <laughs> if, if, if you have a new bottle of milk, I'm going to have a big dollop of milk in my tea. But I have enough milk for that cup of tea. But then as the bottle gets lower and lower, I put a splash rather than a dollop or, you know, to drink. Mm. But I still have enough milk for my tea. And the same thing is true of expenses. So if you have oodles of of cash Mm left over, your expenses will match that. But if you restrict the amount of money you want to spend on expenses, you will figure out a way to make your expenses match what you have available. So Mm -hmm. one of the ways I I help businesses manage cash flow is creating little pockets of money for specific things. And then they they should stay within that. For example, they want to commit to training their staff or they want to commit to staff incentives. If every time they have a source of income paid, they put a little bit into that particular bucket, then when the time comes for say the Christmas party, That money's already sitting there, right? That but the budget is already set based Mm. on the profits of the year, because that's the money that's been saved for that specific item. Mm. And and that works, whether it's the Christmas party, whether it's a personal holiday fund, whether it's expansion, whether it's paying for a new V.A. You know, you have all these little buckets for different things and it stops you. It stops you getting caught up in the, oh, this is a new app. Oh, this is a new thing. Let me try this. Let me try that. Because if you don't have the money set aside in that particular designated bucket, then you have to tell yourself no. Yes. You haven't saved for it yet.
0: Hmm. Hmm. And, and,
1: and it happens. It sounds a bit draconian initially, but it, it actually works really well.
0: Yeah. I know it works because many years ago when, gosh, and we're talking 30 years ago when I uh, was involved in a, um, a business with my ex-husband I had uh, a lady who did our bookkeeping mm. she also went that one step further yes she would do exactly that yes. she would look at the cash and she said well we need some more in there and she'd create That's these right. little right. accounts if you like to to save for things or That's budget right. for things. And I know we do that on computers now anyway, you know, yes. on the budget. But yeah. And I think that was when you told me about the way that you do bookkeeping yes. and this finance, that was like, that's exactly what Jane used to do. And it was so helpful. So yes, helpful.
1: It is, it is. I mm. mean, my my grandpa, he's had, he's have jars, little jars yes. on the counter. Yes. And every because he used to get paid by the week, and every time he got his paycheck, he'd divvy up a little bit each jar and there there was a grandchild treat jar you know we'd watch that one like a hawk (laughs) um you know for ice creams and new footballs and beach stuff and that was what came out of that jar
0: yeah
1: and he always had enough for everything because every jar whether it was rent or treats got what it needed Mm. and and there are some you know like, like the rent one is always finite you have to put the right amount in that one but the other ones add up quickly faster than you realize yes yeah yeah, yeah it is it, it's a good way to run a business because it, it stops you it, it not stops you it helps you to make better decisions mm-hmm. within a budget rather yeah. than if you're not satisfied mm-hmm. with something then you can work towards the next better the next best yeah. yeah
0: yeah and that and that's one of the things that I say to my uh, boardroom buddies members mastermind members is that having your cash flow even though if you're a tiny tiny business even if you're a tiny business you don't have any cash left just having that process will help you to inform your decision making
1: it will it will Um,
0: so important and I
1: think too I know I know this this process has been made really popular by Mike McAllowitz in his Profit first books right and when I read them the first time I was like ah oh, yes someone is actually promoting this way of of paying right. yourself first because like like I referred to my grandpa he would say you always find money to spend you never find money to save mm-hmm. but if you save first it reduces your spending on frivol- frivolities you know or yes. things that you don't need so yeah mm-hmm. and even in, even in a small business if you can't afford to put one pound, of every time you earn something aside maybe business is not for you you know yeah, yeah. And one pound is better than nothing because mm-hmm. that one pound will become two pounds will become a hundred pounds before you know it
0: yes yeah yeah and and I mean you touched on there you know that maybe business isn't for you sometimes you know the, the business it isn't the right time you know, it's not right for you right now. It doesn't mean that it's, you know, forever.
1: No, it doesn't. It doesn't. I think too, I, I know we spoke in one of our previous conversations about I was struggling to to push the, the book the solely the bookkeeping. And I got to a point where I wasn't sure if being in business for myself was right. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I, I was struggling with the language, with how to present myself. And then I realized actually. It's because I'm not just a bookkeeper. There yeah. are other things I want to talk about. There are other things I'm more passionate about. And mm-hmm. I think that my my focus is I know how difficult it is to balance resources and budgets and time and even the one person you are owning yeah. your business, that being able to use my experience both as a business owner and a mom and in a very time demanding role to to move forward yeah find save those resources where you can that's where my passion lies Mm. whether that resource be cash flow or whether that resource be time it is definitely since I've kind of switched my focus as it were to helping people maximize who they are as a business owner it's it's coming a lot better
0: yeah yeah better conversations yeah yeah that's been really interesting. Thank you. Have you got some like a, a couple of top tips on for a business owner, considering how they can be more productive, get more time back, you know, that kind of thing? What, what would you say to them to do first? Or
1: I think the first thing to do is to look at the things that you do all the time. Mm-hmm. So just just keep for a week, perhaps write down the things that you do in a day and then see how many of them you've did, done more than once a day or more than once a week, and then have a conversation with someone. My discovery calls are no obligation. If you just want to brainstorm, we can definitely do that for 45 minutes and you can go away with ideas. Mm -hmm. That's no no obligation, no charge, but that's a top tip. And the second top tip is definitely think about using an app like Plum or, or an online bank where you can open different jars. And every time you receive income, save one percent into your other jars. So say profit or fun money or rainy day, whatever you want to call it, and then just leave it. It's one percent or 10 pounds every time and just watch it accumulate. It's just such a feeling of success.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: That's brilliant. My you. Yeah,
0: that's great. <laughs> that has been really, really interesting, Joanna. Thank you ever so much for sharing, but your story and all about the business as well. So and buddies listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. I've really enjoyed talking to Joanna, and yeah, let me know if you've got some great tips from it. And Joanna, how do we get in touch with you?
1: So I have a website www.sparklyhippo.com that has a contact form on it, and my note, phone number and email are there as well.
0: Lovely. And are you on LinkedIn?
1: I'm on LinkedIn, yes, under Joanna Damani.
0: Lovely. That's brilliant. Thank you so much, Joanna. And uh, thank you, Bordering Buddies listeners. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye bye.
0: I do hope that you've enjoyed this episode of the Boardroom Buddies podcast. Do subscribe for more podcasts, and it would be lovely if you shared it on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any questions, or you would like to talk any more on the topic, then do connect with me on LinkedIn, or email me on jacks, that's J-A-X, at jackiekasey.consulting. And thanks for listening.